Hello everyone, this is Paul Stonerose. I'm coming to you from Fort Worth in Texas, and it's wonderful to be back with you again, if only on cyberspace. And I was told that you're studying various ideas around metaphysics and the principles of unity, and that this week the focus has been on the Christ within. So I thought I'd take that as my, my topic for the day. So the title of the sermon is The Christ Within. You know, we all can know a lot about something, right? We, we studied, we've uh, even had inklings of the truth. We know about it, but we don't really know it. There's a, there's a difference, isn't there, between knowing about something and knowing it itself. One, one is intellectual understanding, yeah? And the other is direct experience. And when understanding in our heads, and knowing from experience come together, then things get quite exciting. That's been my experience. In fact, it's often an aha moment when we finally realize the truth that we knew about, but now they're made real for us. And this is something we've all experienced, I think, and it can happen, for instance, in riding a bike. You know, a bike seems very, very difficult to do, to, to master when we're little, but once we've mastered it, then it becomes natural, right? We knew about it, we knew what to do, but then when we do it, we understand it. And, and so we can pick up a bike, you know, like the cliche says, you know, it's just like riding a bike. You always remember. Uh, I think that's true of, of many sports. Uh, it's, it's certainly true of swimming. Once we get comfortable in the water, uh, all the things we worried about before, we think, why did I worry about that? What was I afraid of? It seems so natural to do this thing. It's a direct experience of that particular discipline, that particular understanding. Um, I, we see it, that gets at its most wonderful in people who have truly mastered uh, their professions. Again, maybe that's sport, maybe that's uh, repairing a car, maybe it's someone who is a philosopher or whatever, someone who is totally mastering their game and understands uh, what they're doing. We see it in spiritual masters, right? They're, they become very natural and simple because they understand these profound and complicated truths in an essential way. And, and therefore, there's, there's a joy in listening to, them, to, to listening to them speak about it. So, knowing about a knowing, right? Two different things, but when they're married together, then they become very exciting. You know, now Jesus knew a lot about things. Obviously, he had great understanding. His knowledge was vast. You know, we're told in the Bible that at age 12, he went off um, and hung out with the, the rabbis and the priests in the temple, and his parents had to run and find him. Where they didn't know where he was. And he said, I'm about my father's business. He was studying, he was understanding, or gaining an understanding of these profound truths. But there was still a difference because it took the testing in the wilderness, right? When he went into the wilderness after 40 days and 40 nights, he was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. And we say in unity, he's tempted by his ego, his dark side, his adverse consciousness, which was trying to show him um, something of this world, whereas he was about something of heaven. Now, when he understood that he wasn't going to give his power to the world, uh, per se, 
Um, he, he wasn't going to serve stones as the bread or jump off the temple or, or gain all the kingdoms of the world because those were peripheral compared with his true task of realizing the limitless of, limitlessness of God. When he understood that fully, something wonderful happened for him, right? He no longer had almost knowledge of the truth. Then he had full knowledge of the truth, and he was able to face his adverse ego, the devil. Get behind me, you know. I need to move on now. I've seen something greater. And it's that kind of breakthrough again of direct experience. This is why we love Jesus, I think, because he wasn't just teaching about the truth. He was the truth. He understood the truth completely. So it became him. Now, immediately following that uh, was the baptism, right? The, the baptism by the river Jordan and the anointing. And the anointing is important because the anointing, the word Christ, the word Messiah means the anointed one. So Jesus in the anointing became the Christ. And I love that idea of anointing. It's the flow. You're no longer thinking about something. You know it. You're in the flow with it. And that metaphysically for me is the anointing. It is flowing through you, to you, in you, and through you, and then out to others because then you become a blessing. So that anointing is receiving truth in a visceral and powerful way, in a very real way. Um, we know we are one, you know, and that's really what Jesus kept saying, the Father and I are one. I understand my oneness with everything. And everything becomes very simple, you know. For Jesus it was just love, love each other, love one another. This is the essence of the flow, is the givingness of the flow. Once we receive it, <coughs> excuse me, once we receive it, then we give it, right? We, we, that's part of the way the flow works. And I love that. Now, some people say it's the flow of the pituitary glands coming down from our brains down into our bodies, if you're into that idea, which is linked with the chakras. And that may be true, too, you know, because what happens in a spiritual sense also is fulfilled in a, in a physical sense, so it all becomes, becomes one. Most everything else, though, drops away, yeah? And all that's left is what is shining in us as love, as light, and as light. Those great, that great trinity. Everything else that we thought was so important is no longer important. We have become the Christ. Listen to the great uh, Indian saint uh, Ramana Maharshi. He was writing in the 20th century. He said, remain still. You know, so many of the great saints teach us this. Jesus certainly did. The Bible says it. Become still. Be still. Remain still with the conviction that the self, with a capital S, the Christ, shows us as, shows as everything yet nothing, within, without, everywhere. It's a pretty profound statement. Remain still with the conviction that the truth, the self, the Christ, shows as everything, yet nothing, within, without, everywhere. So it's not something you can touch and gain. It's not something I've access to in the physical sense. It's something you can be, and therefore it's nothing in a sense, and yet it's everything. It, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's very palpable. It's very real. And I, and I love that idea. Just become still and recognize the truth of your own being. Now, all religions right, have tried to create systems and terms 
And that's part of the program we're going through right now, right? It's to, to teach these terms and concepts. And they're wonderful as long as we don't lose sight of the truth and the essence of what the Christ is, which is beyond descriptions and concepts, forms and words. And uh, we don't want to end up with a dirty stained glass window. It's still the truth of our being. Another great writer and minister, actually, Eric Butterworth, attempted in his writings to simplify the teachings. Uh, he wrote in one of my favorite books, by the way, Discover the Power Within You, fabulous, seminal book. He said this, Christ in you is your own spiritual unity with the infinite, the key to your health and success. Christ in you is your own spiritual unity with the infinite. And I kind of like that because it's trying to get away from too much terminology. We all know what unity is. We all know what the infinite is. We are in unity with the infinite. And that's what the Christ is. So I agree with him. But it's still a little bit uh, technical, isn't it? We still use these terms we might say, hmm, that's a bit philosophical. How can I get to the actual reality of the Christ within? Well, I'll give you... Uh, Two things, uh, actually four things and then ten things, but two, two aspects of how we can approach the, the true nature of the Christ. Not just talk about it or have an intellectual understanding about it, but actually know it to be the truth for us. So first of all, in our spiritual journey, number one, nothing is added, right? Nothing is added. We are already it. And, you know, we're in this self-improvement business, aren't we? Um, human potential. But the truth is, nothing is added. And in fact, the Buddha said that when he became enlightened. He said, nothing was added when I became enlightened. Many things might have been taken away, perhaps, but nothing was added because I realized who I was all along. And I believe the Christ understood that too, Jesus the Christ. Number two, nothing is perfected, right? Because yourself with a small S cannot be perfected, by the way. There, there's no such thing as building the perfect beast, as Don Hanley once said in one of his, uh, in one of his songs. Now, the self with a small S cannot be perfected. And we're trying to do this all the time. We're trying to spiritualize our ego, and it leads us astray, folks. So we may as well give up on that one as well. Number three, it cannot be grasped by the mind. This is a tough one because, you know, we, 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 um, we look up to our mind and think that gives our mind great stuff, right? It's, it's, look at all the things we've achieved uh, as a human race uh, through the power of our ingenuity, our mind. And yet, if you want to grasp the truth of your being, it cannot be done by the mind because the mind thinks about things, but it doesn't necessarily know the truth of its own being. Number four. It is impossible, this is linked with number three, it is impossible to will yourself into enlightenment, right? You can't force it to happen. It, it's instead a relinquishing, it's a releasing, it's a letting go of all the things you thought you do. And it certainly can't be done by willpower uh, in itself. It's not a question of, you know, I am the Christ now, answer it until you can. Uh, that, you know for a fact, if you think you're the Christ, you're going to bring you, you're probably not the Christ. <laughs> because the Christ doesn't say things like that. And Jesus himself said, I of myself could do nothing. You know, and, and that's the antidote to a certain kind of arrogance, I think, that we sometimes have. So, 
all you can be, right? That is a huge thing, but it's in you, right? It's self-expression. It's coming home to the natural you. And I'm not talking about coming home to all the sad little uh, ego stuff that we've got going on, but the reality of you, the essence of you, is already home free. Nothing needs to be added or perfected uh, or grasped. It's something needs to be released and understood to be the truth. Um, I am what I am. So, folks, Popeye was right, right? Uh, it's Popeye's enlightenment here. So, to conclude, how am I doing for time? I think I'm okay. Um, to conclude, I'm going to offer 10 characteristics of the Christ nature uh, at the heart of us all. We've already uh, elucidated, elucidated four uh, aspects of, of what we're not, and this is some of the things that we are. Um, or really four things that we, we can't do in order to gain the Christ, let's put it like that. So these are ten characteristics of the Christ that I found uh, ring true for me in, in my journey in Jesus' understanding. Number one, it's natural. Right? It's the easiest natural thing in the world, just like riding a bike when we learn to ride a bike. It's just natural. It is our true nature. Um, it doesn't have to be, um, and by the way, we don't have to go to Arkansas to be in the natural state. I think they call themselves the natural state, don't they? Um, no, we are the natural state uh, right now. I am that I am. Number two, it's, it's effortless. And you see that, see, when you gain knowledge of something, mastery of something, it seems effortless. doesn't matter to say it's easy, but it's effortless. You don't have to put a lot of struggle into it. It just flows. It's part of that flow again. Three, it's peaceful. It's harmless. It doesn't want to hurt anybody, right? There's that sense of harmlessness or peacefulness about it. Number four, it's light in two senses. It's light-hearted, right? It's buoyant. And we become buoyant and light-hearted. But it's also full of light. It's full of inspiration. It's full of uh, new wonderful, intuitive awareness that comes to us on a daily basis. Five, it's present to what is. It doesn't run away. It's here right now. We can be present to whatever is happening for us. You know, and whether that's happening to us is not so good or good, it doesn't matter because we're present to it and therefore we see it with that wonderful buoyancy and naturalness and effortlessness that are characteristics of the Christ. Because it's present to what is, it's observant, it can look, it's an observer of the, uh, of the world. And Unity talks about self-observation, it's coming uh, as, a, as an aspect of that. We observe it, we're paying attention, we're, we're not lost in our thoughts of yesterday or tomorrow, we're here now. Seven, it's joyfully grateful, right? We feel grateful for the gift of our lives. Um, joyful and wanting to give more of this good and joy to others. Eight, we are open, always open to the anointing of the infinite. As, um, as we put it earlier, the, as Eric Butterworth put it, uh, we are one with the infinite. And, and I love that, the anointing of the infinite. The infinite wants to bless us at any given moment. That's the grace of spirit in action. And so we're open to that anointing and see that we see good everywhere we go. Number nine, we're clear. We're clear. Um, there's no longer confusion. 
I can see clearly now all the rain is gone, right? I mean, there are no obstacles in my way. Um, that great song, uh, I think that's so true. I can see clearly now because I am seeing where the eyes of the Christ. And then finally, number 10, uh, we are helpful to others. That's all we want to do is share this good news. And just like Jesus, he couldn't, he couldn't wait to give it away, right? That was his whole thing. He was so excited about it. And so is the Buddha and so all the other great teachers. Is that idea of helpfulness. How can I be helpful in my world? So, to sum up, we, we come from thinking about something to actually experiencing it, beyond jargon, beyond uh, concepts around it, some qualities that uh, identify the Christ within us, those ten qualities, and then the fact that we don't have to push it or work on it too hard because it is already here in fullness. I hope that makes sense. I wish you heavy blessing and I hope to be with you again in the future. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye.
Thank you.